Thanks for joining the Joshua Nation's Inheritance Podcast, where we discuss God, the Bible, and God's purpose for your life. Be inspired and encouraged to engage in transforming the world around you. It's just so encouraging to see what the Lord is doing through Joshua Nations and just how this is multiplying. And uh, it's a joy just to get to share with you. I want to talk to you about God encounters. And I want to share a little bit with you about what happened to me and miraculously how God is bringing healing. And I thank every one of you for praying because I know that as this happened and Misha shared and word went out, that people were praying around the world and God heard and answered your prayers. And uh, I'm alive today, I believe, because of the prayers and your faith in Jesus. I want to read to you uh, John 14, 23. I want to read two or three verses. And then I want to begin to share with you what happened to me and what the Lord did. I had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus. And uh, I'm laughing because Willie said, I want an encounter with Jesus, but I don't want it to come your way. I wouldn't wish this on anyone, but I do desire that we have some pretty significant encounters. And it's really one of the things Jesus said to me. So in John 14 and verse 23, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will follow my word and my father will love him and will come to him and make our dwelling with him. So the Lord lives in us in his fullness. And what I'm beginning to really experience is a greater encounters, hearing his voice more clearly, um, experiencing dreams, um, just a number of things. And what the Lord said is, this is a season of great encounter. And so before we're done, I'm going to pray that every one of you have regular encounters with the Lord. So in John 16, verses 26 and 7, it says this, on that day, you will ask in my name, and I am not saying to you that I will request the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from the Father. The word love in verse 27 is not the word agape. It's the word phileo. And what Jesus has established through his work and our salvation is he's reconciled us to a personal relationship and a holy friendship with the Father. I just want to say to you, the Father really loves you. And he is glad to make himself known to you. Sometimes we live out of the Old Testament. We have this idea that we can't really grow close to the Father. We can't see him. I want to tell you, because of the finished work of Jesus, you and I can have a very intimate relationship with God the Father. And then in 1 John chapter 1, 1 through 4, the Lord, we live by faith, but we also can experience him. And that is part of what's happening. And I want to share with you how to experience the Lord in a greater fashion. This is 1 John chapter 1, 1 through 4, and then I'll begin to share my story. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we've seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. I want you to see how experiential those verses are. We're experiencing Um, the reality of the Lord, and the life was revealed. And we have seen and testify and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was revealed to us. 
Eternal life isn't just living forever. It's a higher quality of life now. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete or full. And I trust that as I share with you, that you're going to really experience the fullness of joy from the Lord. Since my surgery on December 9th, um, I have been experiencing encounters. I had one sometime between the 9th and the 11th. I was in a semi-coma. I was on a ventilator. And sometime during that uh, three days, I had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus. But I've continued to have these encounters. And how encouraging. Because they bring encouragement, instruction, direction. And I want all of us to have more and more encounters. So allow me just to have the privilege of telling you my story. So what happened about two or three weeks before this is I began to have pain in my left kidney. And I've battled kidney stones for over 40 years. I'm 63. And starting in my early 20s, I battled kidney stones. I've had uh, four now surgically removed, and this one was large enough to block the drain line out of my left kidney, and I was in a lot of pain. What uh, I didn't know was how big it was, so I was drinking water and doing things, trying to pass it, and it didn't pass. It just clogged up, and when they did the CAT scan, my left kidney was over three times the size of normal, so I had so much pain. But the problem was right where that stone was, was on top of my colon. And I did not know it, but I had um, a case of diverticulitis. I had a fistula that went from my colon and bored into my kidney. It's just an abnormal tube that grows out trying to get rid of the pressure that's hurting your colon, but it drilled into my bladder. And so on the morning of December 9th, I woke up and as I was voiding or passing urine, I was passing blood and air. And I knew that was not normal. So I got my wife up. She took me to the emergency room and they discovered not only the kidney stone, but the fistula. And what happened is it was dumping um, that colon matter into my bladder and my kidneys began to be septic. They completely shut down and my blood pressure began to drop. And so they rushed me to the hospital and I ended up uh, in surgery. But in the meantime, my colon ruptured and I became septic in my body cavity. Now, statistics show medically that 80%, four out of five people that this happens to, they die. I am so grateful to Jesus and to all of you because I'm a miracle. Um, my wife began to pray. My sister lives here. My daughter is close by. And they began to pray. And it was very interesting because that particular evening, the best surgeon in the hospital was there. The best emergency room doctor was there. The nephrologist that's good with kidneys and the, the pulmonologist the very best in the hospital were there and people remarked that I had received the best and I'm thankful. So it was touch and go. 
because of so much poison, but they were able to take out a part of my colon. I have a colonoscopy and we'll get reconnected probably in about uh, a month. Um, but I, I'm well, except for that. But for three days, it was touch and go. Will he live? And obviously, yes, I did by the grace of God. But while I was in that coma, while I was on the ventilator, I had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus. And I want to share with you what I saw, what happened, and the encounter. See, an encounter means face-to-face. It means something personal, um, something in which two people meet and they share, they encourage. Maybe one is greater than the other. They instruct. And I want you to think about something. God doesn't do anything significant all through the scripture that didn't start with an encounter. An encounter with him personally, he would send an angel that people would recognize was from him and he would talk to them. Um, Sometimes he sent an anointed prophet and the word was just staggering, shaking. It would establish what God wanted to do. And so the Lord just began to talk to me that he wanted to encounter his people. And if people were hungry for him, if they would hear his word and obey what he said, surrender, that he would begin to encounter them over and over. That's what began to happen. I hadn't journaled in 10 years. I've journaled after I came out of the hospital. It took 10 days. I've journaled every day. I get up and I read in the New Testament. I read in the Psalms or Proverbs. I read in the Old Testament. And as the Holy Spirit is speaking, I am writing down the personal insights and the things that he wants me to share with the body of Christ. So as I had this encounter with Jesus, here's what happened. I was probably 10 feet away. And there is an eight-year-old girl named Akane, A-K-A-I-N-E. And at eight years old, she drew or painted a picture of Jesus. In the book, Heaven is for Real, the little boy, Todd Burpo, when he came back from heaven, he was looking through some pictures and he pointed this very picture out and he said, that's what he looks like. So I'm just telling you, that's what he looked like. And he was about six feet tall and I saw him in that white robe, sandals. He was standing on kind of a rock platform and behind him, there was a sea with white caps. I mean, the the wind was blowing and in the distance, there was lightning and thunder and you could feel the ground tremble and there was a storm coming. And that storm was to take my life. I saw something very peculiar. It was something about 12 inches in shape. It looked like a, a crab. It had four pincers or legs and a fifth pincer out of which it talked. And I began to realize it was the enemy. And he said to Jesus, I want him. And Jesus stomped his foot. I mean, the ground shook. And he said, you can't have him. He's mine. And so this creature began to squeal and try to run and hide under the rocks. And I remember later, as I am laying in the bed, waking up, sleeping, scripture's coming. In Isaiah 28, it says, one day we will look upon the enemy and we will say, is this the one that made the earth tremble? Is this the one that we were afraid of? I realized at that moment that Jesus truly, truly 
is in charge. He is the authority. And that authority flowed out of him. He wasn't arrogant. He's just who he says he is. And then this is what happened to me. He engaged me with his eyes, and I could not look away. I didn't feel any condemnation. He looked deep inside of me. And guys and gals, I'm not a perfect man. I have struggles at times. Sometimes I, I get hurt and I want to be unforgiving, or I get tempted and, and sometimes thoughts are there that shouldn't be there and I try to overcome them. Sometimes there's fear. But as Jesus looked deep inside of me, I felt absolutely no condemnation. And I began to realize the gospel is real. It really works. And here's what I mean by that. When the scripture says that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin, that we're a new creation, old things pass away and all things become new. I remember standing there thinking, the gospel is true. The gospel really works. And I, I realized at that moment, I belong. I really do belong to Jesus. And he really does love me. Now, we know that. But the reality of that is so deep in my life. As he looked into me, I experienced something peculiar, strange. I began to see in my heart that he was building a warehouse. I don't know how to put it any other way. There were these massive steel shelves. And on some of the shelves, there were manuals, not books. And he's given me an assignment to write manuals, training manuals. Then I began to see people, some that I knew, some that I didn't know. And he said to me, these are resources you will partner with as I send you to the nations. The Lord told me many years ago, I would go to 60 nations. I've been to 49. And I began to realize that this warehouse was going to be a resource of revelation and insight that I would use the rest of my life. And so that was pretty amazing. And then this is what happened. Jesus rebuked that storm that was coming. It stopped. The water became completely calm. And as he looked at me, I couldn't see anything in the natural. But I began to experience strength flow into me like I have never experienced before. It was spiritual strength for the days that are coming. It was emotional strength and physical strength. I had five doctors that I was seeing almost weekly for about six weeks after this happened. And I remember walking into a doctor's office, the infectious disease doctor, and he hadn't seen me for a month. It was actually one of his APNs. And she had read my charts and the charts would say that I was almost dead. I would be weak. I would be sick. And she walked into the room and began to talk to me. And she said, Am, am I in the right room? She said, your charts and, and this man sitting here are not the same. <laughs> and I just began to tell her what Jesus had done and thank them for what they were doing in my life. That strength has helped speed up the healing in my body, but also the strength to carry out the purpose that God has left for me. So I was experiencing this incredible strength. And then I began to experience the wind. It blew maybe three or five miles an hour. And then pretty soon a wave of seven to 10. And then 15, 20. And that wind was the love of God. 
And I began to experience the love of God like never before in my life. And it was blowing maybe 25, 30 miles an hour, I mean, just significantly blowing. And I said to Jesus, this is so wonderful. If you don't stop it, it will kill me. That's just how amazing the love of God was. It was overwhelming. And he said to me, I didn't come to kill you. I came to rescue you. And he has. But I began to experience this incredible love that he has for us, that he wants us to have for other people. And one of the insights that he gave me is he said, discipleship is first about loving people, not judging, not condemning. He said, I love my disciples to the end. And because I love them, they were open and could receive the truth from me. So I just want to encourage us to ask the Lord, grow me in my love. Grow me in your love for people. So when that was done, he simply said to me, this is a season where I'm going to encounter my people. If they will receive my word and surrender and obey what I say, I will encounter them over and over and over. So I've shared this story with my congregation, with several Zooms that I do, and people are having encounters. As I talk with them, they have received what the Lord is doing. They're having dreams. They're having visions. I had a man in our church that's a deacon, and he took a bunch of our men to an encounter, a men's advance. I won't call it a retreat. There was a lot of advance. And he had this vision of the Holy Spirit just being poured out and entering into these men. And he began to pray, and he saw some men who had been so hardened and so hurt just began to open up and weep and be vulnerable and be transformed. He saw angels, and he'd never had a vision. He'd never seen angels, how they had come and pushed back the enemy, and the heavens were absolutely open. And he saw that weekend about 200 men begin to be greatly transformed. There are so many encounters that people are having, and I want that for you. And so what I want to do, and I can't promise what kind of encounter you'll have, but I can tell you this, Jesus is ready to encounter you more and more. So you have to decide something. And then I'm going to share with you six things that encounters produce or will do in your life. You have to decide. Am I going to stay stuck in my intellect or am I really going to be open to the spiritual realm? You won't be able to explain everything. You won't be able to control everything. You'll have to learn to walk in the spiritual realm, hear the Holy Spirit, and trust what the Lord says. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18 says this While we look not at the things which are seen, we look at the things which are not seen. What an interesting verse. I'll finish it in a minute. So he's saying, don't just live in the natural. I'm going to teach you how to see in the spirit. I'm going to teach you how to see in the spiritual realm. Sometimes you may experience it in a vision, but in our spirit, where the spirit lives, and I kind of point to my chest here, I am beginning to see and experience, and the Lord's talking to me about people, not so that I would judge them, 
so that I would love them well and then know how to speak some things into their lives. So it says, while we look not at the things which are seen, we look at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, subject to change and passing away, but the things which are not seen are eternal. One of the things that encounters do is really help us see into the spiritual realm and then how to bring those things into the natural realm where we are ministering to people. It's not mystical. I've had somebody say to me, well, that's just mystical. No, mystical means some pretend thing that we are imagining and making up. This is not mystical. This is truly spiritual. And we have to do more than intellect. Look, I'm not bragging. I have a doctorate. I have a master's. I have a bachelor's degree. Blah, blah. I've got knowledge. But sometimes this knowledge is not reality that changes people's lives. That's what I want. And that comes from the spiritual realm. So you have to make a decision that you're going to live at a greater depth than just your intellect. That you want the Lord to reveal the spiritual realm and teach you how to walk more and more in the spiritual realm. So as we learn to do that, we will have encounters. I just want to tell you six truths very quickly. The first thing is God made us feel relationship with him and we can experience him. You can experience the Lord. First John one, one through four. He wants you to experience him. We live by faith. I don't live by emotions. Let me just tell you, in the last almost 12 weeks that I've walked through this, I've had encounters, and some days have been full of energy and life, and some days have just been very difficult. I haven't sensed a lot of presence or emotion, but I know he's there, and I just have to live by faith. You too. But let me tell you, God wants you to experience and encounter him. As you believe that, that's part of how faith is released. And you will begin to experience the Lord. The second thing is God creates encounters and desires that we experience them regularly. And so you'll see in the word over and over, Jesus said, I'm having these encounters with the father. And I only do the things that I see him doing or I only say the things that I hear him say. And that's because of encounter. So God spoke something to me that I'll share with you. He said, I want you to do less and become more fruitful. Let that soak in. I want you to do less and become more fruitful. Doesn't mean I'm lazy. It means I'm spending more time with the Lord, more time in the word, more time in prayer, more time listening. I'm discipling the people he assigns to me. I'm doing the things that he asked me to do. But my practice before this was always looking for something else to do, busy, always kind of stressed. And, and I got to do all these things. And the Lord said, I'm going to teach you what your assignment is. And if you'll spend time with me and hear me and see what I'm doing and then share that with the people I'm giving you, he said, it will be more fruitful. The third thing is account, uh, encounters with God cause awe and expressions of worship. My worship has been at a deeper level, more intimacy. 
Sometimes I'm here early in the morning and I read a psalm and I just begin to sing and God gives melody to these psalms and just worship him. There are times in our worship services that um, I don't know how to explain it. He's just manifesting in a way that's more real. I, I really am encountering sometimes when I'm standing before the throne of God, it's amazing. And it's not something that I have been able to fabricate or produce it's something that the Holy Spirit is doing to draw me in closer. And it's wonderful. It's amazing. After I had this encounter and I woke up, my wife was there and we began to talk. And I asked her, I said, um, did I die? And she said, no, but it was sure close a couple of times. One time my blood pressure was 50 over zero, which is dead. There's no blood going to your organs. And they were able to forced some things into my system. I had a uh, line in, in one of my main arteries here in the neck and another one in my arm and a pick line. And they were forcing all this stuff in. And she said, yep, they were able to get you back. And you had a couple of those encounters. But she said, I want to ask you something. She said, did you have an encounter with Jesus? I said, yes, I did. But I can't even talk about it. Just made me want to weep. And I was able after two or three days to begin to share because I began to realize how close I'd come. And I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid to go to heaven. But I knew that my assignment was not done. But it's caused me to be able to just praise and worship at a deeper level. And I want that for every one of you. I think what had happened is I'd become so busy in ministry in the church and in the nations that I'd lost some of that closeness with the Lord. The fourth thing is encounters help us grow close to God. And that's what I'm saying to you. <laughs> I think one of the th things that, that I see is that sometimes we feel like we are leaders and have to perform. And people ask us, how are you doing? Great. And I'm not always doing great. The Lord knows that. I've come to a place when I've been able to just be very honest and pour my heart out to God. Lord, I'm struggling. I'm frustrated. I'm afraid. Um, just whatever that looks like. But what's happened is that I've been able to just truly bring my heart to the Lord and let him begin to transform. One of the things that he shared with me during this time dealt with my mouth. So let me share this with you. Five weeks later, they went in and removed that kidney stone that was blocking my left kidney. They had put a tube through my back into that kidney to drain it. So I came home with two bags and this colostomy and, and I had pick lines and I was doing infusions every day. And I was thankful to be alive, but just frustrated and exhausted with all these things. And they kept saying to me, you'll get well, you'll get well. And so they went in five weeks after this and were able to remove the kidney stone. But the urologist, the kidney doctor said to me, it was so big, I had to cut it up with a laser. You'll have pieces, shards in your bladder. And we noticed in your bladder, there's a number of stones that you've passed in the, in the, in the past. And you will end up peeing those out. And so I really asked the Lord, I said, God, I'm so tired of pain and struggle. Would you just heal me? Would you just make the passing of these things easy? Well, it didn't happen that way. 
I'm like you. I've seen many healing miracles. I've experienced healing. I mean, I just experienced God rescuing my life. So I had something from my bladder to my kidney that was put in there. It was called a stent. And it was so that the scar tissue didn't close my drain tube from my kidney to my bladder. But it was just irritating. You have spasms. And they say, just drink water. We want you to drink 100 ounces of water a day and all this stuff. And so what happened was I began to pass these stones and these shards, and they were very painful. And so after two or three days, this is really goofy, silly. But I began to say to the Lord, you don't really love me because you won't make these stones disappear. Now, now how foolish is that? I've just experienced miracles. I've just experienced. Can I just tell you something? Sometimes pain, extended pain, causes people great struggle. It causes them to struggle in their faith. It causes them to struggle with their mouth. And I begin to say to the Lord, you could really take care of this, but you don't really love me because I'm having to suffer through this pain. So in the next 12 days, I passed four pieces of shard and 24 stones. I'm not being ugly. It was just a living hell. The Lord came to me and I didn't see him again, but I heard him like I'm talking to you. And he said, I'm using this to confront your mouth. And he showed me in times past when things would get frustrating in the ministry or frustrating in life, how things came out of my mouth that accused him or expressed anger at people. And he said, in the days ahead, I'm going to increase you and there's going to be great pressure and you're going to have to learn how to control your mouth. I wish I could tell you I was excited. I am now. It's over. When they went back in to remove the stent, all shards and stones are gone. I, I'm completely clean in that area. But what I'm most excited about is that God began to teach me. When I had that pain, I would call on him. I would ask for grace from the Holy Spirit. And I would say what the word says. Not what my emotions and my body felt. I said what God's word said. He's completely freed me. And I'm very thankful. I had to repent and just humble myself and tell the Lord truly the sorrow that was in my heart because of my accusations. But you know, he never quit loving me, never quit working in my life. His disciples at times accused him of things. He would correct them. He would rebuke and correct them, but he never quit loving them. And he never quit loving me. I've had a couple people in the church that are hurting and frustrating. One's losing a marriage and they have accused God and they have accused me. And instead of reacting and being angry, I've been able kindly to love them and speak the word of the Lord to them. So one of the things that the encounter with God has done is helped me grow closer and learn to trust him, even when it's difficult. The fifth thing I'd share with you is this. Encounters establish the authority and power of God in our lives. When we know that we've heard from God, faith comes by hearing. It stirs faith. 
and we're able to speak with greater authority and see power released and the work of God be done. And I'm experiencing a real increase of that in my life and the ministry that God's called me to. The sixth thing that I would share with you is encounters reveal direction and assignment for our lives. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do his will. And it says you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be his witness. Let me give you just two or three quick illustrations. And you guys and gals, you experienced this. Before this happened, I was sitting in my office, studying, praying, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, go see your physician. Go see your doctor right now. And I ignored it. And so he came back and he prompted me and he said, go see your physician and ask her how her husband is doing. I said, Lord, she's so busy. She won't have time to come out and talk to me or see me. And he said, go now. So I got in the truck that I own and drove about 10 minutes to her office. And I walked in and I said, I'm here. I have something from the Lord for Dr. Ivy. And the lady at the front desk is Christian. She kind of raised her eyebrows. And I said, I know she's usually really busy. She said, no, she just had a cancellation and she's not with anybody right now. God opened the door. I was having some pain I didn't understand and I really needed to talk to her. But when she came into the room, I said, Dr. Ivy, I'm here because I'm having some pain. I didn't realize it was my colon, but I said, I'm really here because the Lord said that you are struggling and I needed to ask how your husband's doing. She just started crying. She said, I don't know how you do this. She said, I wish I could learn to hear God that way. And I said, you can. She said, my husband, Bruce, has lung cancer. And he's got stage four lung cancer. And she said, I thought this was the man I would finish my life with. I love him. He loves me. And they're in their early 60s, like me. And so I had an opportunity to pray with her and pray for him. Within about 10 days, it had began to reverse. And I'm not sure where he is today, but he became a part of a study that the, the new medication that they're using was going to be something like 25,000 a month. And they reduced it to 10 to 5,000. And then they said, if you will become a participant in, the, in this new study, we will give you this medication for free. And today he is in remission and he's doing tremendously better. See, as we have encounters and we simply obey the Lord, we're his instruments in the earth. He can work without us, but he chooses most of the time to work through us. One of the things encounters are producing is very specific ministry. Give you one more. Have a men's group on Monday night between 20 and 25 men. We meet at this truck stop restaurant that's kind of in the middle of the region where all my men come from, and they are bringing new guys, one or two new guys a week. Well, one of our men brought a man named Terry, and Terry used to walk with the Lord, and a couple of years ago fell away. A pastor had committed adultery and embezzled money, and he was just frustrated, been hurt by the church. Most of us had been hurt by the church, but he came that night because he wanted to come back to the Lord, and he had injured his arm. His shoulder was so sore, he couldn't raise his arm, pain in the tricep, pain in the rotator cuff. And he simply asked, he said, I don't deserve it. None of us do. 
But he said, would you pray for me for healing? The word of the Lord rose up in me. We're all praying. But I began to pray a couple of scriptures and pray with authority. And we got a phone call 15 minutes after the meeting was over. He said, I got home. And when I stepped out of the car, I realized I could raise my arm up. And he said, and then when I got up the next morning, I'm totally well and healed. The Lord said to me, that should be the normal. Because I said to the Lord, why do I not see healing like you do? He said, that should be the normal. So I'm trusting him for encounters and to see more and more of the ministry of Jesus, the reality of that in all of our lives. He doesn't do this because I'm someone special. We're all special. <laughs> and this is something he just wants to work through our lives. Hear the Lord. Do what he tells you to do. Say what he tells you to say. Because this is what the kingdom is built on. Please listen. I'm going to give you a picture of the whole Bible in just a few sentences. God created us for personal relationship. The second thing is that he wants us to learn to hear him and see him and do what he says. The whole kingdom is built on sowing and reaping. And we sow the word. We speak the word. We do the word. We release whatever God gives us. And what you sow, that's what you reap all through the scripture. And then this last one, we live by faith, not by sight. So we're in relationship. We hear the Lord. We learn the word and we sow the word by speaking and doing what God says and what God shows us. And then we live by faith. We go do our part. And whether we see it immediately in the natural or not, we believe and trust God. And then you'll see the Lord move powerfully. That's what happens all through the scripture. And that's how the kingdom works. Bosco, my son and my wonderful friend from Rwanda. I don't know if you're on here or not, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell on you. <laughs> Billy called me. It had been a month. And he said, Bosco really needs to hear from you. And that first month, I, I struggled. I didn't feel like talking with people. I was trying to trust the Lord, deal with all these issues. I was so exhausted from going in every day for infusions, seeing all these doctors, but I love, I love you, Bosco. And so as I WhatsApp with you and we talked, you prayed this for me. And this would summarize all that's happened. You prayed and you said something like this, Father, I thank you that he did not die full. He has much to pour out to us and the nations and would you keep giving him encounters? Would you keep pouring in insight for all of us? And then one day, when he's done all that you've asked him to do, may he die empty and go home to be with you. Listen, guys and gals, God's imparted many things in your life. May you not die full. May you be those that are anointed of God to pour out and just give and pour out. Willie, I'm so excited as Billy shared the testimony of Zambia. You went, thought you might have two to 400. You had 1,100 people that wanted to learn. Thank you so much, brother, for being available and letting God use you. I know you're like me. Those things happen in your life. Amazing. And then those guys go home and they don't just get six or eight people. They're teaching their churches. They're two or three months ahead. Now they're recruiting people and they're 
um, starting to, to start schools. Listen, God's doing amazing things and you're amazing men and women. And may you be filled up and pour out and may we all die empty and see the Lord face to face. I believe that's what I was to share with you today. And I hope it's been an encouragement to you. Thank you for joining Joshua Nations on this episode of the Inheritance Podcast. For more information about the ministry of Joshua Nations, please go to www.joshuanations.org. To join our prayer movement, please go to prayer.joshuanations.org. We hope you will join us for the next episode of the Joshua Nations Inheritance Podcast. May God bless you.